You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at NOLA Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Tuesday, game day for the Pelicans' first night of a back-to-back taking on the Minnesota Timberwolves here in the Smoothie King Center. Time to kind of get everything right after the loss to the Los Angeles Lakers. We'll preview that in the third segment, get you set for the game tonight. But before we do that, I want to talk about an addition that the Pelicans probably are going to make this offseason. I've been asked a lot of like, what do you add to this team? And who do you go after in free agency? And while I think it's a little bit too early to look at some of that and think about some of that, they already have the addition, the big addition this offseason on the team. And I'll let you know who that is and what the situation is there. Come up here in just a moment. We also want to take a look at Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson from the other night about how they need to grow a little bit, talk about some areas of improvement for them, and then, of course, the game. So let's do it in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. So I think it's a little bit premature, but I've been asked a lot recently of what the Pelicans do this offseason. I was asked it on the radio just the other day. And first, look, let's see if they make the playoffs or not. But regardless of all that, I think we can see this is not a team that's set up for a deep playoff run. And obviously, if they want to compete even more, they need to add some a piece or two that maybe gets them over the hump or just you know improves them. And the question is, what would you add if you could kind of do one thing? So to kind of set the stage first, I don't think the Pelicans are going to really have any cap space or much to kind of do anything with. You know, this is, uh, you're going to have Brandon Ingram's cap hold on there. You're going to have Derek Favors' cap hold on there. Unless you start um, basically uh, renouncing some of the rights that you have to these guys, and then you can't go over the cap to resign them again, should you want to later, you don't really have much cap space at all. So that's a bit of an issue here, I think. Um, and I don't know the exact numbers. I don't have the cap sheet out in front of me, and I'm not going to really deal with that till we get towards the offseason. But it's not like they have like max money to go out and spend, which is either a good thing or a bad thing, depending on how you're looking at this free agency class coming up. Probably a good thing. You don't need to throw money at some of the guys that are out there because, frankly, this free agent class kind of sucks. So because of this, I think they do look to bring back the guys that they have. I think they look to bring back each one more on a team-friendly deal. Maybe same for Derek Favors. Uh, His will be a little bit more interesting, but it's not like he's a stretch big. He's kind of that lumbering, you know, old center that you don't really see in vogue nearly as much in the NBA that it seems like the NBA is kind of left behind. So maybe he comes back on a cap-friendly deal because, frankly, all the teams that do have cap space are crappy. Maybe they do want to go to the New York Knicks and play in New York. Who knows? But overall, there's not like appealing opportunities out there if you want a big money deal, which could give New Orleans the inside track to resign their guys. So the answer, the question then becomes like, what do you want to add to this team? And it's a valid question. Obviously, more shooting around Zion is only going to be a good thing and Brandon Ingram too. 
And you could go that route. Defense on the wing, especially after what happened against LeBron James the other night. That's good. You get Josh Hart, but he's still a little bit limited. He tries hard, and there's only so much you can do. But having more guys like that's never a bad thing. And so when you look at this team, yeah, another 3 and D wing that gives you a little bit more depth there is probably kind of what you want to go about. But those guys get paid a lot of money in free agency. And I don't know if the Pelicans would be on the wish list. Or top of the wish list for any team out there, or their short list, I should say, for guys that want to go out there. And that's a good thing because the team doesn't need to sign this dude in free agency. They already have him. And I'm talking about Didi Luzada, who's been playing in Sydney for the Kings in the Australian League. Their second round pick from this past year, who looked very good in Summer League for them, who isn't with the team right now. David Griffin just flew out to watch him play in a game down there in Australia before flying back. He was at the game the other night. I didn't expect to see him there. Uh, and he was out there watching some of the playoff games for the Sydney Kings, one in particular, in which Didi did really, really well. It's kind of funny because he hit the go-ahead shot that put the Sydney Kings ahead of Melbourne to win their opener in their, their best of three series. So very cool to see, and this is why Walt David Griffin was there. So Didi Silva making kind of the most of his time down there in Australia. And I haven't watched a ton of it, I'll be honest. I don't think anyone really has. And he's played at times sparingly and has dealt with injuries this year, but he's averaging a little over 10 points per game, almost four rebounds per game. And he's been shooting overall pretty well. And people have been very happy uh, with his performances so far this year with the team. He's there to just play a little bit, to get some experience, and to learn English too. And it sounds like that's coming along as well, as he doesn't need the translator even more. And David Griffin has raved about him. David Griffin drafted him, is obviously very high on him. And he's even said things like, this is probably going to be one of the best perimeter defenders that we have on the team. So I would not be shocked if Didi Silva is kind of the Didi Luzada. I don't exactly know what he's going by. It would not be shocked if he is kind of the big addition this offseason to the Pelicans roster. A guy that can play tough-nosed defense, can rebound a little bit, and can hit some shots. So I think that is exactly the type of player that you're looking for. As my phone went off there, sorry about that. And a guy that you want to add to the team. Might be a little bit early for him. So, you know, I still think, for, based off what David Griffin has said, that he has a very good chance to crack the rotation next season. And if he's made kind of these strides and these improvements in Australia, then yeah. So when you look at this offseason, look less at free agency and look to the Pelicans' own roster, particularly down under there in Australia, because Didi is the guy that they really might be looking to bring in that plays a significant role and kind of fills a lot of what this team is looking for. We'll get more into Ingram and Zion here in just a minute. Don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcasts from. Here Monday through Friday for you all. The only daily Pelicans podcast doing this, covering everything you want to know about this team and hitting all of the topics, although we could probably call it Locked On Zion at this point. Uh, wherever you get your podcast from, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans. So Ingram and Zion, they definitely showed off some struggles, uh, both offensively and defensively at times in last night's game. Zion, we knew, was kind of being hunted for that. And if there's anywhere he needs to improve, it is defensively. I just don't think that's something you do in like an offseason and come back and are an amazing defender. It took Anthony Davis three, four years to be the elite level defender that we saw from him when he was in the running for Defensive Player of the Year for multiple seasons. 
it's just not going to happen. But if there is an area that Zion could improve, it was plainly obvious in the game last night that he needs, or the other day, I should say, since I'm recording this on Monday night, that he needs to improve his handles significantly because he really did struggle uh, with that. And that is something that can be a big problem. He had six turnovers in the game. Now, he's already very good, and we see him muscle dudes out of the way. You know, Dwight Howard is made of like abs and muscle and bounced right off of Zion when Zion went right into him and went flying. That is incredibly impressive for a 19-year-old. So this is all nitpicking, to be fair, too. And so to see him do these things, we know how good that Zion is and how good Zion can be. But those turnovers are not great, and they're really kind of killing the team when they're trying to get buckets and score. And his handle is something that can be improved in an offseason and certainly has to be one of the areas where he does it. Look at how good he is with that hop step that he has with some of the other moves that he has. And they all really are just one dribble moves. Ball on the ground, go and score. But if you start to spin moves kind of the same way with him, if you start to add in two dribble moves, three dribble moves, other things like that, that's when he's going to be really, really scary and then like nigh unstoppable when it comes to scoring and playing offensive basketball. He's not there yet and he's damn good already. And so if he does make these improvements, you'll see it. Brandon Ingram's is a little bit different. It was a very disappointing game from him the other night. And he even said after, and this is the quote to Will Guillory of The Athletic, quote, I've got to do a better job of executing. I think I get so hyped up in these games, I tend to force some shots instead of letting the game come to me. I think they did a good job. We had some open shots, we just didn't make them, end quote. So of the loss to the Lakers, I know people love, you know, we can't just have like a blameless loss. You can't just have it where... Um, that, you know, they, this was a better team and LeBron is LeBron for a reason and he's been the most amazing player over 17 years. Again, I said yesterday, his floor is the second best player of all time. Sometimes you just lose to that team and it's okay even without Anthony Davis. I don't look at this and be like, well, they didn't have AD, they should have won. They could have won. I don't think should have is the right word with it. And so Ingram and these guys, you know, we, we look to place the blame on some things. So certainly if they make better shots, they can probably win the game. They didn't. You need to find other ways to do it when your shot has not been falling consistently. And Brandon Ingram's a little bit to blame in this one, if that's a word you want to use, but he missed, uh, you know, early on, he noticed his shot was not falling. He, he was very reactive in this game in terms of getting into the flow of the offense. When he says like, let it come to me, he's got a, a bit of a right thing in that he tend to force some shots instead of letting the game come to me was the line. And it's kind of true early on his three point shot was not falling. So he decided to be a little bit more aggressive and try and score inside that he missed like three straight layups in the second quarter and then his game became kind of like a jumbled mess he then reverted back to trying to shoot threes which he didn't do successfully on the night whatsoever and so I think that's kind of a big problem that he was acting more reactively than maybe letting the game come to him or just making it happen when a shooter is cold what are we supposed to tell him to do keep shooting till you get out of it because this is what you do when you're a scorer and you're not scoring what should you still keep trying to do Go out and keep trying to score. And you saw him just kind of not really have that aggressiveness, that assertiveness, and want to get into the paint and score in ways that you would have liked to of that maybe kind of get him out of the slump that he was in and build up some confidence. I don't know if that is kind of a 
um, hyped up thing, a mental thing and forcing shots because it just didn't seem like he felt comfortable out there at all. So he'd get the ball and maybe he took a three. And if that's forcing a shot, sure. But I think it was more being just reactive to how he was playing than just doing what he does and being confident in his approach and going about it. It takes a while to, to be that dude. Look, he's 22 years old. When we screwed up, when I screwed up at 22, you kind of freak out and are like, okay, I'm not going to go and do that anymore, even if maybe it was the right thing to go and do. So I don't know if this is necessarily unnatural or wrong, but you're an NBA player. You probably need to take a better approach than, you know, another uh, regular 22-year-old doing other things. So it was disappointing to see how reactive he was. And if you look at, like, even look at his shot chart and how it kind of changes, and you can kind of see how this went. And it passes the eye test, too, that he was just not in sorts after missing a couple of things. And he's got to be able to have that kind of resiliency to be like, whatever, it's fine. I can go and do this. And cool, go and play basketball and be the guy that we know you are. And that, to me, was the most disappointing thing from him. And for a guy who lives in the gym, watches film, you should have that. And you should know how kind of these streaky things work. Hopefully he can work on that this offseason and improve to really be that go-to, that main guy, that closer that this Pelicans team needs him to be next season. And even this season right now. So as we hit the stretch run of the season, don't forget about the Locked On NBA podcast covering everything you want to know about the association and all of the playoff races here. And it is a lot of fun right now. I'm actually going to be on there tomorrow, switching days this week um, to talk about all things NBA. Subscribe to Locked On NBA wherever you get your podcast from. All right. So the Minnesota Timberwolves coming to the Smoothie King Center and since the All-Star break, they're just an easy 1-5, in five, and they have been so bad this year. It is weird. 17 wins, 42 losses, dealing with injuries, and I, like, I don't even know what's going on with this team. This They remind me so much. It's like Pelicans North right now, which is a really sad thing to say because they are so terrified about losing Carl Anthony Towns and trying kind of scrambling in a sense to fix what they can to keep him there, even though he's on the first year of an extension and it doesn't, it just feels like it's not going to work. The good news for the Pelicans is though, that dude, Carl Anthony Towns, not playing. He's out with a fractured wrist. He's missed a lot of games this year. They were recently fined for resting D'Angelo Russell, who since coming over in a trade from the Golden State Warriors, seven games is averaging 23.7 points per game, 7.7 assists and 4.6 rebounds. He's been very, very good for him. But because of that trade form, they are missing, you know, just a couple key pieces. No more uh, Andrew Wiggins here on the team. So they're getting some production from other guys, particularly Malik Beasley and Juan Hernan Gomez, who came over in the trade with Denver. 20 points per game for Malik Beasley, 14 for Hernan Gomez. But this isn't a team that's particularly scary. This is a game that the Pelicans should win. They don't have to necessarily blow this team out though they probably should, Um, and winning by seven or eight at the minimum seems like what they should be doing against this. They have the 21st worst defense, the 23rd worst offense. That is all bad. This is not a great Minnesota Timberwolves team that doesn't do things, you know, particularly well. And so that's going for the Pelicans, which is certainly a good thing. They're not a good three-point shooting team, so you should be able to win the math battle against them even if you don't have your own shots falling. Um, And they give up a lot of open three-point looks, and they let you hit 
those open three-point looks too. So that's not particularly great. They turn the ball over a lot offensively. They don't grab offensive rebounds either. Defensively, they can force you into some mistakes. So if the Pelicans start to hit that dramatic 20 number on turnovers, maybe things aren't going to be great. But you know what? They give up a lot of trips to the line. That means easy points for New Orleans. And frankly, this team just is crappy. This should be a win, and we should see the Pelicans get back on track with a big performance from Zion. You would hope a big performance from Brandon Ingram in this, and ideally Drew Holiday as well. Look at what they did against the Cleveland Cavaliers. If you can get some of that from them, yeah, you're going to win this game. It really shouldn't be much of a contest. And as long as the Pelicans don't play down to their opponent, which we saw them do first, the first half against the Golden State Warriors recently, you should be able to get this one. J.J. Redick out for the Pelicans. Kenrich Williams, we haven't talked about much because he's missed a good chunk of the year, listed as doubtful, but inching closer to making a return for the team. So enjoy the game tonight in the Smoothie King Center. Should be an easy victory for the Pelicans. And thank you all for listening to today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow to recap the game and then preview the next game against the uh, Dallas Mavericks on the road. 